everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 166 for January 16th. Well, let me make that adjustment. 2019. Happy New Year, everybody. All the best. Welcome back home. Um, you know, hope your festivities were amazing and, you know, you got to see loved ones and enjoy your time off. Uh, we are going to do a reading of all of our patrons. Patreoners. And uh, I'm going to do it in alphabetical order. Aaron Lund. Can, 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 we say, can, 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 can we say patronators? You could say whatever you want. All right. I'm going to start again. I'm looking at you. Aaron Lund, Els Hackshack, Alan Canterbury, Barry Custom, Brent Taylor, Brett Benson, Bryce Stoddard, Camille Good, Chad from Mancrafting, Chris McIntosh, Chris, Christopher Pixley, Chuck Curtis, Creator Nader, Dan Stark, Daniel Harju, Daniel Ollendorf, Daryl Cooksey, Dave Bauer, David Bellhorn, DDM Maid, Dominic, I guess it's Dominic Bender, Driftless Joinery, Factotum Industries, Foot Seeking Lego, dot dot dot, oh, Foot Seeking Lego Missile, G Customs, Gary Fuji, Gib Clark, Greg <laughs> Fitzgerald. <laughs> Took me a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, Greg Mead, Hugh Scott Designs, Infinite Craftsman, Jackman Works, that's Paul Jackman, Jams Shop, Jaron Clock, Jim Bashirs, Jim Marulo, Jim Rumsey, The Godfather, uh, Jimmy DeResta. That's weak sauce. Joe Pierce Maker, John J. Hilgers Jr., Jonathan, I don't, I don't know, that's, the, that's your last name, it's just, it's just Jonathan, it's the one and only. Uh, Jonathan Holt, Johnny Makes, Josh Frankel, Khalifa, Laura Kampf, LiquidRC.com, Live Free and DIY, Make, Build, Modify, Make, Break, Repeat. Repeat. I'm going to go to page two. Loading. Maker on the Move, Maker Geek, (laughs) Making at Home, uh, Steve Mosley, Marcus Hoffman, Matt Parker, Matt Valbrecht, Matt Williams, Matt Williams, two times. Do we have two Matt Williams? I guess so. Maybe, uh, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much. Michael Bielner, Nick Carruthers, Opposable Thumbs, Patty Gilstrap, Paul Mayette, Phil Patrick, Rachel Steele, Rody Jeff, Rob Hamlet, Ryan Ridgely from Barn Red Studio, Scott Turner, Shane Bronson, Square Splinter, Stan Pierce, Steve, dot, 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 Moonshine Metalworks, Stu, well, that's, uh, it's, why does it just say Stuart now? Stu Morrison. Stu Morrison? Yeah, Stu Mo. Stu Mo. Yeah, Stu Morrison. Stu Mo. Uh, I see Tim Swam ignoring that. Turgworks, Turgworks, Wave Cycles, Wesley Treat, and Bill Lutz. So thank you to everybody. That is an insanely huge list, and we are so appreciative, and we thank each and every one of you personally. Uh, you know who's group, noticeably missing from that list, though? Is um, I mean, like both Bill and I support the podcast. Yeah. Why do you support the podcast, would you say? Because we love the podcast. Out of love, out of the community, out of wanting to be here. So you get access to the patron page, so I don't have to keep forwarding you things. And I always pay you back that dollar, so. I don't know. I'm just saying. No, I I do know. It's because there can only be one admin, yeah. 
getting getting uh, that reading every time we do it, it blows me away because I've met yeah. so many of these people. I've met them in person, and the ones I haven't met in person, I feel like we just know them anyway through the community. And the community doesn't just exist in the states. We're talking. We got worldwide support, and that is just mind-boggling. Thank you, everybody. Yes, I agree with Bill's sentiment. What uh, are we working on, Bill? Looks like you had yeah. some some real progress done on the old uh, manifesta. Yeah, oh, dude. Ooh. Yeah, and and the picture shows just a green light, but it's actually one of those color controlled things, so she can make it do rainbow and flashy back and forth and anyway uh i added some trim to match the coffee bar and the pallet wood arches at this weird spot on the ceiling where it was like it's a drop ceiling but then they dropped this extra section for some reason so instead of reconstructing that whole thing i put this rim around it if you check out my instagram you'll see what i'm talking about uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So Casey helped me. We spent a half a day in there. I had already built it. It was just in the shop. And they finally painted the walls so I could get up there and put it up. And um, yeah, the construction is almost done uh, as far as the contractor. They got the electrical and plumbing uh, Wednesday, the inspection for that. And then Thursday is the, the rest of it. And the final inspections will be done. And then once that happens, I get it full bore instead of just trying to wait until... Like, I'm waiting right now. The, tomorrow the walls will be done, so I might go tomorrow night and install the retail shelves that I built, you know, because they have to finish painting before I can do that. So, yeah, I, I put these things up there, man. It's uh, uh, it's coming along nicely now. The place looks white, bright, and clean. It does not look like that nasty, greasy yellow that was on the walls before. Ugh. And uh, it's mm. exciting. It's exciting. So, hopefully, if all goes well, by the end of the month, I'll be... Uh, Make it about 50 trips with my truck back and forth down the street, getting their salon moved. That's you awesome. Take, you got to take the carpet out? Uh, oh, that's already off. Remember, I of took the truck? camper shell out. Yeah, I took oh, the camper took the shell, shell out. So I took the carpet kit out. I had I bought a rubber bed mat that fits one piece of rubber on the tailgate and yeah. then a mat that goes in the bed. And I love that thing. And I have a hard yeah, cover nice. that goes over the back too. But yeah, nothing slides around back there. You set if it's got any weight at all, it just sits on that rubber mat and won't move. You know, yeah. so that's really cool. Your um, you took the, sh the 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 hard cap off. Where did you? Yeah. Where'd you put it? Do you have room in your yard for it? Nope. But on top of my office in my shop at work, it fits. <laughs> <laughs> I so imagine a giant airplane hanger, and then. Um, then they built like a an office on part of it so above that is like just a big storage space so i basically went over to my truck with the forklift yep. lifted up one side tied off the other drove it into the shop lifted it up went as close as i could to the edge where that top part is and scooted it off anyway yeah so my camper shell is above where i eat every day hmm. so that's yeah i have i mean mine's back on my truck now but i had it off my truck for about a year and a half yeah and, uh, i had you know nowhere to put it and i was so I put two sawhorses with a couple two by fours on it because it was right. almost the same height. Because I'm, I, I'm out there in the woods by myself. <laughs> I don't have a forklift, so I was trying to figure out um, the best way to sort of set that up. And uh, I was able to get it off, sliding it off the back of the truck. On, but what I did is I put the two by fours up underneath it first while it was on the truck. You know, lifted one side up and then the other. And then I took it off that way. But then when I had to put it back on, I was by myself again, and I was doing that same right. thing sort of. And I had it, and it was like, because there's not a lot of lip, you know what I mean? It's really no, easy to get no, off. No, no, no. It's actually... And, and it went down. Time, 
<laughs> Next time you have to do it, put it on put it on your truck sideways and then, and then spin it. Sp- spin it around. Yeah, It'll yeah, be a lot easier. I had it on the kind of off in the grass, like kind of in the woods, so I had to sort of just make yeah. do with. By the way, since that's you're neat all though, it's, a, it's it sounds like <laughs> what you were talking about. You heard that you actually heard it in the background. Yeah, Tim like putting his. What do you? Yeah. I am sorry. I'm trying to get comfortable here. Because I was sitting at this desk, and then this thing fell apart, and... <sighs> Sorry Phil's about in a, that. Phil's in a hotel room in Dallas, if you didn't uh, know that. And, and he's, he's apparently rebuilding over a it. table, and he's... There's a table that I broke, and now I'm fixing it. <laughs> oh, you broke it. <laughs> now just, the truth comes out. Just the leg. But while that was going on, Phil, the noise of that construction, Tim was yeah. describing how hard it was to get his camper shell off. So it was actually, it was almost like a, a, what do you call it, like in the movies when you hear the horse going. That's called a Foley stage. Yeah. A Foley. Yeah, it was like the uh, radio radio drama, you know. Yeah. 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 And okay. fixed. I'm Sorry glad. about that. I'm Sorry. glad we waited till we hit record for that. That was good. good planning. Well, I moved based on my location. I was like, ugh, you know what, I'll just record it from this desk thing. And then, and then I looked at the corner of the room, and there was like a recliner, with one of those like tables you could scoot up to the recliner. I'm oh, like, oh, the, that's way better. The C-shaped table, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's genius. I like those. It's C or is, for the house. or is it kidney, kidney shaped? No, like a C. So like it's a, there's a foot on the bottom, and then the the uprights that hold it up is only on one side, so you can slide. Oh, right. oh, like a tall oh, yeah. C. Yeah, I built that's a couple right. of those. Yeah, I, I have never built one. I've almost almost built one for a client once, but then he just stopped returning my calls. <laughs> just one of those, right. you know. Yeah, you know, like, oh, yeah, that'll be great. That sounds awesome. I'll send you the deposit, and then you just never hear from him again, you know. Oh, yeah. Yes. But uh, I don't know why we still do it, huh? <laughs> you know, the segues only work if I haven't had a chance to tell you what I've been up to. I, I haven't told you what I'm up to yet either, so. Yeah. What well, are you up to? Phil, why don't you go first? I don't know. Now I feel silly. Um, actually, not that much over the course of the last week um, because work was nuts getting ready for this trip to Dallas. So I haven't really uh, been in the shop very much. Although I was able to get a few um, iron and soul orders out, so that was that was time well spent. Um, you know, I, I obviously want to get these orders out as quickly as possible. The problem is, is I don't have any pre-made boxes, so every single time I get an order, and it's not like it's like a uniform size. They're all different sizes. I have to custom make packaging every mm. every time, so it's it's time consuming. But um, but I appreciate all the orders, and I'm I'm getting them out as quickly as possible. Some people have been much more patient than uh, than I deserve or expect or anything like that. But it's been uh, it's been great to experience some really amazing people in the community and their understanding and their patience with me. So I, I sincerely appreciate that, guys. And I'm getting them out as fast as I possibly can. Doesn't sound like me or Tim at all. Hey, Tim, what are you up to? If you had to say what you do. Um, what am I up to? Yes. More more of the same as last week. Uh, the I haven't started the stools yet too much. I started gluing together the tops. I had to get some more wood for them, but I'm, uh, you know, for this large order of stools, but, um, this, I haven't gotten the steel in yet, I've ordered it, and I, sh- I think I'm gonna be able to pick it up tomorrow, so that's when I'm gonna just go into full production mode, so I've been taking advantage of the lull to finish up the, uh, the truck hood table that I've been making, and I'm doing an mm-hmm. epoxy pour on the top, and it's, like, negative 
five degrees. Well, it's not that cold, but it's really been cold lately. So I've been trying to heat up my shop enough. And then like, you know, I can't work. Be I can't bring it to the other side of the shop because it's too cold, like where I would normally do stuff that needs to cure or dry. Mm -hmm. um, so I have to do it in the main part of the shop. So I actually built a little tent with sheets around it on like three sides, but not four sides, just so I could kind of do some work. Um, and then I just wait until like the end of the day and I just keep soaking the fire and fill the, the furnace up with as much wood as I can and uh, pour and then I go home and hope that it just stays warm enough for it to start curing at least and come in the next day and of course it's still a little tacky so I've done that like I went in yesterday on Sunday just to to get a, another coat on I had to you know stay long enough to heat the shop up and then then it was you know it was cured enough to pour the second coat uh, today and I just did that at the end of the day. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, I go in tomorrow and everything's cool. <laughs> you know, and this Now, I'm sure that temperature has something to do with it, but the it's more of a chemical reaction for it to cure, isn't it? As yeah, but it's like all, all glue and stuff and all those epoxies. They don't work as well in cold, you know? They just, mm -hmm. they or just it just takes, takes longer. It just takes longer, yeah. Uh -huh. That's the problem. And it, so it, it cured. It was, it was cured when I came in this morning. It was still just a little tacky. And then I heated That's the shop fine. up again. And then by the end of the yeah. day, it was fine, you know? So no, this. Um, so all that, all that lumber you went and got uh, is that the uh, farmhouse uh, pictures that you were showing? Oh yeah, I you put up some pictures on Instagram of uh, yeah, urban yeah, miners. Uh, well, yeah, that was what he's been doing. He doesn't have as much retail space as he used to have, and also it just helps save costs for the consumer as well as the him. That's a barn he's tearing mm -hmm. down for the the town or the state that owns it, and um, he's not he's he's not getting paid as much as he'd like to. Uh, so he can't just like tear it down and store it somewhere. So he's basically just selling off the barn piece by piece. As he tears it down. Somebody, yeah. So every time someone needs somebody, he tears down a wall. And he's got some inventory inside the barn. He's taking the roof off last, of course. And so I thought it would be fun to just sort of show that little story. Um, yeah, that was cool. So now the stools I'm making, I'm using, um, uh, because it's for a brewery, so they really like this concept. I had wood from a tobacco barn, because Connecticut actually has a, a rich tobacco history. Uh, and so, like, the whole, you know, vices, tobacco, beer, and stuff. And, and it's got that classic barn red. And, you know, so they, they love this, the idea of using this tobacco wood for these stools. I only had enough for, like, about 85 of the stools, and I need 125. So I had to find, and this is one of the joys of reclaiming, right? I had to find wood of a similar age, similar species, similar, you know, deterioration of the same color stain, which is, happens to be pretty typical, the barn red, you know. But uh, so, luckily... Joe over at Urban Miners had that barn coming down, which isn't a tobacco barn, but it was the same siding and the same paint and the same about the same age. So I was able to go grab a few hundred feet of that. To, so I have plenty now. I, I I bought twice as much as I needed because I had to make it worth his while to, and to get me a better price, you know, because I know I'll mm -hmm. use it again. So I, you know, I needed like yeah. another hundred linear feet and I bought 200 or 300. I forget what I bought. Um, but, you know, See, we struck a deal based on volume. It's, it's really interesting that uh, that's something I, I've never had to consider um, by being able to, what you're saying is like trying to find the same wood of the same age of the same color that's aged the same, all of that. That's, that's pretty interesting. But you also live in an area where that's probably not that hard to do. There's, there are certain things that I know I can find. Like I can find barn wood with, barn that, wood, right. with that red paint on it. That's... But the problem is, is that it's like eight bucks a board foot, ten bucks a board mm -hmm. foot when you go to the places that are retailing it, uh, and so that's where, like, you know, 
by making, you know, I've been doing it for a decade here now, so I have a few contacts, a few people to call, and this and that and the other thing, and uh, and I have this, the room to store it, and that's why I have all that room, and you know, in my barn. Um, I pay for it, so when these opportunities arise, I can get it, because it's stuff I know I can sell, too. Um, and so, you know, having this relationship with Joe over at Urban Miners, where I can go drive my truck in, and, and we, you know, like literally pull it off the walls, and, and take it with me is great, you know, that's, uh, it's just, right. it's like, like we we're talking about, like, you know, with how I got the job and stuff, it's just that taking time and being consistent and making contacts, and eventually you get to a point where you kind of, you know what you can get and what you can't get and what you can promise and can't promise, and, you know. So that's all a consideration when you agreed to do a hundred some odd stools, you're, you're thinking about that in your mind, that plays a part of, like, your pricing. Oh, absolutely, else, right? and the yeah. design, and, and the, the whole design process of it, like, I know that, you know, I, I liked the idea, and I was, it was kind of, I sold him on it, of using this, this wood because it's just so classic for what he's got. And, uh, and it's, for me now, this means it's a lot less work because I'm not sanding it and burning it through planers and stuff. I'm keeping that rough look, you know. Um, right. And it, but then, uh, you know, so yeah, that's something I take into consideration. So when I got the first, you know, the first contact, we, like, we need 80 stools. I, first thing I do is I go to my loft, and I'm like, oh, this will be perfect. I measure it, I count it, I'm like, I got enough to make 80 stools here, and I did. I was right on the money. I had 85 stool tops. But then the order wow. went up, and it's just like, oh, crap. <laughs> you know? I was like, so I just, uh, the order went up, and I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I'm sure I got plenty, you know? And uh, I'm like, yeah, okay, no problem. I can do it. And then I got into the job, and I started pulling the wood out, and I was like, I don't have enough. I need to find more. Right. But if I if I had some other stash that was, like, maybe a little tighter, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I could have gotten, I would have had to fake it you know, or something, which, now, which I don't want to do. Would you consider, like you said, instead of, uh, would you have to pay retail? Like, let's say it's like, you know what? I don't have oh, my yeah. contacts, but you do have, at least you can go to a retail place that does sell the same type of reclaimed lumber. Yeah, I could, I could find it, you know, I mean, it's, I'm in a time crunch for this particular job. There's always a way. I mean, you, there's, you know, right. there's always a, that, I mean, it, you know, if you, if you ask me why I still do it. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I I've like, been trying to work this in yeah, for a while now. So. I like solving problems, and uh, and there's you know certain problems are harder to solve than others, but every problem has a solution for the most part, and, you know, yeah. and that's that's what we do, right? So I would I would have solved it, and that, and I learned that a long time ago with like you know, someone says, hey, can you make this? I say, yeah, I can make it. What is it? Then you you know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> just going with that attitude. Sure, I can do that. Then you look into it, and you you know you do your best to, for costs and guessing and time and this and that. Even though something you've never done before, you have some. The more you do it, the more background you have to work off of. Well, how long you might think it will take, how expensive that tool will be that you don't have, or how much that will cost to buy twice because the first one you're going to mess up, you know, and all that stuff. And and then you get to the point where you can kind of get to accurate with it and, and efficient and and actually turn a profit, you know. Hundred percent. So what we're what we're hinting at here and what we're starting to talk about is the topic, and uh, what do we call it under the covers? Basically, it's it, <laughs> we're giving you a behind the scenes of why it is that we continue to do what we do, and that is make, um, you know, and just try new things and just get deeper into the world of, let's say, uh, manufacturing at home, which I guess is like the nicest way of saying it. Um, and, and specifically and, reclaimed, you know, right. Specifically reclaimed, yes. And uh, and I think Tim sort of started talking about problem solving. I know that's a huge one for me. I love fixing things um, in my personal life, my professional life, in my garage and relationships. I just I just love to fix. If it's broken, I want to know about it. Yeah, that's right. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And I love I love having the specialty tools to be able to fix something that it's a problem that come up three times in your life. Oh, I got that. I have that. And I'll pull it out and I'll you know, I have tools like I've literally never used. Yeah, remember when you're like a kid case. and like you like you had like dad, this is broken or like you know and like oh and he's like well and he pulls this out of the, some box in the basement you never saw and there's this thing and you never you know it's like well this is what that's for and now like yeah. we're the guys that have those things <laughs> it's just cool man <laughs> yeah my dad didn't have that but but I like I like being that guy like yeah. I think I have a gear puller I've never pulled a gear in my life but I have the puller nice. nice. I have a few. I have a few I've never used. I um, you know what? This process, um, I got to actually hear about it from Casey because Casey helped me install these panels that I made, and we got all done with it. And there was quite a few little things that came up while I was trying to install these things because I've never actually done this exact thing before. I had to take all these measurements months ago, and I made these little panels to get them ready. Um, I knew I was going to have to cut them to fit, so it was like 24 and a half feet worth of panels, so I made 30 feet of them, uh, a bunch of these trim boards, all this other stuff. But So during the thing, it's like, well, this isn't going exactly the way I planned, you know, and, and having these little things go on. So she told me at the end of it, she, it was really neat to see the creative process of problem solving while you're actually in the middle of doing it. Mm. And I, I never thought about that. And it is one of the reasons why I love doing this. It is because of that challenge that, that you know, like I said, I've had these panels waiting to go for months, sitting up there, hoping that I did what I needed to do, even just bringing the right tools. You know, I loaded up that uh, yellow tool uh, dolly box that I got <laughs> recently with all a bunch of tools and hoping I brought what I needed to make this install oh, yeah. happen. I mean, you know, in, in fact, so... To mount these panels up to the wall at the at the very t where this where I could mount them was like a two inch space and it was metal two by fours right okay yeah. and so so that's I knew the construction was the sheetrock and these metal two by fours behind it so I'm like well all right I happen to be at the the store and I'm I see these two and a half inch long uh, the picture on the box shows a screw going through a piece of wood through the drywall and into this metal two by four. I'm like a self-tapping screw. And I'm like, that's perfect. That's going to, you know, fine thread. I'm like, that makes sense. It's going through that thin metal, this fine thread. I'll use these. I get there. They didn't work for crap. They just <laughs> did not work. And, and really? they were, it, no, they didn't. They actually, it just didn't work. Right. I mean, the, the boards would not have fallen down, but they were all loose. And I'm like, you know, mm -hmm. I don't like this. I, I don't. So I, I always bring my, I told you guys I have this little first aid box, first aid kit box, metal box that I keep just screws and nuts and bolts and all kinds of faster. I take that with me everywhere I go. I open that up. I'm like, all right, start pulling all these different, just like sheetrock screws and drywall screws and all these different long pointy screws that I had. <laughs> Philip said, and I said, maybe that'll work if I just use, you know, a sheetrock screw that I happen to have is two inches long and it sucked it right up and then made it all tight in case like oh yeah i like that that looks much more secure like it's not going to fall down if you use those so now i'm trying to use all these oddball screws i bought two boxes of these what i thought were specific screws for this install that yeah did not did not work at all but so I, a whole handful of a, a bunch of different odd and end screws that i happen to have in my little box that saved me so even that as a little problem that came up um 
because of the pallet wood I put on these panels, I put trim around it, but the different thicknesses of the pallet wood, mm-hmm. like, you, know, I, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's just, it was it was a lot of fun, but that's one of the reasons why I keep doing this. Uh, one, your tolerances are huge. We've talked about that before. You don't have to be making a Mark Spagnolo beautiful chest, right? Your, your, your tolerances are bigger. So when you have only a few days to get something done, it, it works out. It's just... I love it. I absolutely love it. And having that compliment was great as well. So feelings. The feeling of accomplishment and the feeling of pride. Yeah, on, on a much... It's, it's almost like turning pins for the first time, right? You get that instant gratification. I think in some ways, a lot of reclaiming is like that because you don't, you're not building a project that's going to take you six months or a half, half a year you know, or a full year as, as like a guild project. You know what I mean? Not that that's... I will do that one day. I think when I'm retired, I'll be more interested in that. But it's like, okay, man, you got X amount of days to try and get this job out. Because we're doing it reclaimed, you have a little more leeway. I think you have a little bit more. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not. Yeah. It's not that's that's why I say because I'm thinking in terms of uh, of like certain machinery that have looser tolerances, but they work. You can get them dirty. They're they're not perfect. Where you got that Tony Rulo, he's on he's on micro ten thousandths of a micrometer, right, to make his thing work. Mm-hmm. Where that I'm sounds like, like the right okay. terminology too, yeah. 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 So I just saw him the other day and that's what he was saying. Yeah. That's yeah. what he's saying. Yeah, that, ten thousandths of a micrometer, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. I think so a lot of it with reclaimed is like your finished dimension is almost already there. You know what I mean? When it comes to like, let's say fine woodworking with Babinga, right? You're buying eight quarter and then, you know, and to make panels that are like three eighths of an inch because you'd resaw and then you'd plane down and then, you, you know, there's like a lot of milling when it comes to that. With Reclaim, there's way less milling. It just sort of has to be pretty well, flat. <laughs> a lot of it is already dimensional milled lumber. It just happens right. to be from a pallet or it happens to be from a hundred year old barn or it happens to be from a, a 1975 coffee table. You know, so it's already dimensional lumber that's been milled or it's just old and it might have, you got to clean it, whatever you got to do. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm working, I'm still got a lot of wood left from this desk that I put, I took apart. Right. It was around the block for me. It was all solid maple panels, basically, like four or five big maple panels. And it's stable, straight, not cup, and it's just stained a color I don't like. So I just sand it off whenever I'm doing something or I'll send it through the planer real quick or whatever it is. But it, like you said, it's dimensioned lumber. It's good to go yeah. as is. So it's a perfect three-quarter, and I've been making whiskey boxes out of it and a whole bunch of other little things here and there. But like, I appreciate that that's part of the reclaimed is that you're skipping a lot of steps. Yeah, well, there's some, there's some of their own steps, though, too. <laughs> it's got its own... Well, the denailing. Oh, yeah. There was no yeah. nails here. This is really all pocket screws. I yeah. took the whole thing apart in 10 well, minutes. Which, yeah, that's, those are, like, when you get those nice pieces of furniture like that, that's like a honey hole, you know? Yeah. Like that, all that barn wood we were just talking about earlier, that stuff is all, quote, seven-eighths, right? I mean, it's anywhere from three-quarters to one and a sixteenth, and, you know, and <laughs> everything. And so then you're trying to... You got to, like, mix and match the pieces that are going to glue together, and, you know... Um, right. And then, you know, it's just like... It was milled in 1840. Like they, right. they weren't using, they didn't have Tony's micrometer. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, they're they pretty good, but but uh, could so, you, you know, shim like could you shim up stuff to get it to the one and whatever thickness? Like if you had like this, you know what I mean? The thinner stuff, could you shim it from behind? Well, the, these just this, for the look. Yeah, so that it's um, level with the thicker stuff. 
Yeah, these, you can, but part of the appeal, I think, is having it different sizes and thicknesses, and like at least on these panels that I did. Well, it makes it three D. You know, it gives it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it gives it some depth. It's just it hmm. makes it harder to do, but it's not structural. You know. So so we're talking we're talking about Phil and I got into the the the. The, you know the dimension part of it it's already mill blah 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 I would rely on you Tim one of the reasons why we still do it also is to lessen our footprint get into that a little bit but a little bit more than just saying that lessen our footprint next I mean it feels <laughs> yeah. good no it feels good for no. me seriously it feels good to to actually do something with garbage I mean well, I, that's a that's a crude way to say it but it, yeah. it feels good to take stuff that has you know it's it's crap and then ma- actually making it something beautiful and have somebody compliment me on it i i like i mean the reason i got into this in the first place wasn't for the footprint that was something that sort of grew and developed with it um i got into it because i didn't have any money but it was also i i just like the challenge i like the idea of like someone says you can't do that or you can't use that i like to i'm just like yeah i can watch me and i'll go the path of most resistance i'll go <laughs> You know, bend over backwards for you know to to turn to polish a turd to you know to make it work. I, and I like to do that. Like you said, I couldn't do this. Well, I did. You know, that's that's what really got me started on it. But then you know you get a, you get thinking about it, and there's the environmental start. You know, because I started doing this before anybody even talked about this type of stuff in the '90s, and right. I started you know was when I started making and, and woodworking, and uh, I was kind of had that like DIY sort of gene in me, but I didn't really know anything. I was just always kind of hacking away at stuff, and I, I still am. I, you just get better at it after, just by accident after you know a few years, and and uh, you know the, I started really thinking about the materials and the footprint, and you know I bought a house. Uh, my first house I bought was like built in 1880, and like the posts in the basement had uh, bark on them still, like you know the cool. dirt floor basement, and uh, and and I just you know I really started to just appreciate. Like, and I, I remember, like, my sink was a, one of those big old porcelain sinks, and it was, like, this really beautiful sink, but it was, like, literally falling down. And then I found in the attic of the house, there was, like, a stainless steel one, like, this nice, light, modern one versus this big 200-pound. And so I, my buddy, who had a few more tools and stuff at the time, he was like, hey, well, he's like, I can help you build a cabin. We can fix that. I know how. I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, you know, and we'll just, just get rid of that other sink. We'll put that stainless steel one, and it'll be easier. So I said, okay. And so we did it. And we dragged the stainless, the, the big old cast iron one out to the, the curb, and it was gone within 20 minutes. Yeah, of and course. Was, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, That's uh, a fortunate thing. Yeah. You know, and I, and I was like, for me, it was like kind of like, oh, good riddance, I didn't want to deal with it, because at that point, in my, I didn't really get it. But then I started thinking about it. I was like, why was that gone in 20 minutes? And you start seeing, you know, then I started kind of learning and realizing, it's like, oh, you could, we could have fixed it. We could have, <laughs> you know, like. Um, could have sold it. Yeah, I sold it. It was just a uh, you know the slow learning process. It was in really rough shape. It needed to be reporcelain, but but still, you know, it was like this. Like I couldn't afford to reporcelain at the time, you know. But uh, it would have been nice to have done it in the future if I hung onto the house. It's just a sort of like this growth and learning. So, but like my answer to the the question of why I still do it isn't only the the footprint. It's more it's it's the learning. It's the what I know now that I didn't know then when I threw that sink away. Um, mm-hmm. And all that I continue to learn, and I feel like, you know, I've had other jobs before and other things, and you get to a point where it's like, oh, there's still you can still learn, you can become a master craftsman, or you can really like, you know, when I was playing music, like I'm, I was, I was never like some amazing musician, but I could do it, you know. And I just got to a point where I didn't want to be the expert, like it just didn't interest me anymore because I kind of mm-hmm. I'm a jack of all trades kind of guy. I wanted to learn something else, 
And so I started doing this, and I've been doing this for a while now, and this is about the point where I would normally probably be switching careers, but I feel like I've just barely scratched the surface on what there is Absol to learn and absolutely. do Absolutely. You know? Yeah, I, I, I just, think... Uh, every day is a new discovery. With, with Reclaimed especially, that's, that's a big part of it is like mm -hmm. there's... The, the possibilities are endless as, as mm. a, uh, to the mediums that you can use, the, the creativity that comes out of things. Uh, yeah, that's... You could be scratching the surface for decades. Exactly. Decades. I just feel like there's there's just no end because there's so many different avenues I can go down. Uh, you know, and even like, even with Reclaimed, you know, like Joe and I, were, was, we're standing outside that, looking at that barn and we're talking about, well, what's going to get thrown away and what's going to get saved and our, you know, and he's been doing this for a while on his side and we kind of have this like sort of bigger picture about what we're doing and because you know he would have when he contracted out that barn before he would have saved every piece um right. and i try to do that and save every piece but it, you know after doing it for a while we realize there's just so much stuff and such an abundance it's like you know what maybe we need to be a little more selective about what we're saving you know and uh and and save the save the stuff that's worth saving most of it's going to rot back into the ground anyways it's not the end of the world if it does you know kind of thinking about it a little bit more open-minded and thinking about just locally sourcing materials you know versus only using reclaimed like when i started i wouldn't use lumber like i wouldn't use you know like i didn't but now i realize like oh i can just go to my firewood pile and there's projects in there like and there's right. my neighbor's tree falls down there's projects in there and there's there's material in there i i a mill might be in my future i don't know i mean we'll see you know that would be something that i could see myself getting into but uh I'd, milling you mean yeah like you know getting yeah. a bandsaw mill you know cool uh, like I, you, you can know, make I, one yeah or making one like you know but it, there's so many things like that's something that, that's an interest of mine right but I have so many other interests that's probably one of the ones I'll never get to which is why I'm never going to get bored here like I'm just there's just so yeah. many things I want to do I'm never even going to get to you know 100% I want to touch upon a point you brought up briefly which was the money of it and I think for a lot of people myself included um Getting into reclaimed is just the easiest way to start making because the materials are free, and you know the tools are already expensive. But if you can get away with not having to buy materials to make your projects, like pallets and furniture you find on the side of the road, then like you're off to the races. And mm. as it turns out, I I learned something. Uh, wood is expensive, whether you're yeah. talking about the box stores or hardwood or really anything plywood. Everything's yeah, super expensive. Everything. Yeah, everything. It's crazy. There is no cheap supply of wood unless you're talking about like green two by fours. But God help the poor sap who thought that was a good deal for making something that wasn't a construction project. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that's that's awful for like, resawing well, down and turning into things. It's hard. It's, it's your it's your it's your overhead when you first start, especially in reclaiming, is your time, right? Because you're finding free materials. Mm -hmm. But but Tools it's too, your though. time. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. but but it's your, your your time is what t it takes you longer. So as you get more experienced, it takes you less time to actually create the project. You have more experience to know how to do something, how to price something. Yeah. So you also can be a little bit more selective now. You've got the the knowledge. You can be a little bit more selective on saying, well, you know what, I'm making 85 stools. I need five more now. I can go to the store and buy some reclaimed lumber as opposed to. Know what I mean? Because you, you have that knowledge. I know what I can do, what it will take to do. So mm -hmm. your overhead, it starts off with being just your time. There's no overhead except your time. Takes you takes you a week to make a stool, right? Mm. But I just made a stool out of free materials and I sold it for fifty bucks. 
I just right. made fifty bucks. You don't look at it as that's a, a, a you know forty hours worth of work that you made fifty bucks on. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. people see it as a hobby too, right? So a lot of times somebody who's a commercial, you know, like who's this is their livelihood, right? Right. It is also competing with people who just want to have fun in their garage, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like it's yep. a hobby. So yeah. you're going to get undercut by the guy who's going to make you a picnic bench for two hundred bucks when the lumber was one hundred and eighty, just because he's having a good time. And he doesn't make picnic benches. He doesn't need another one. He wants to make one. Yeah. Right. That was the, so, uh, the same problem in the music business. But there were your weekend bands. There were just you know these guys that would girls would get together and and re- rehearse and they'd do a gig every two every month and and uh, and they they're like yeah well we'll just play for drinks you know <laughs> like it's you know the same thing happens in that know, industry. I don't know if I would look at that as so much as a problem is 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 more of a just an obstacle you oh, got to so, figure so, out. The, the, there's room in the world for everyone, it's, you know. Right. And it's it it was a problem for me trying to make a living at it, but we found we found ways, you know, to right. do it. What clubs just, to go to? What clubs let somebody yeah. off the street come in? And what clubs are going to pay you to actually play some good music? And it's the same in the in the furniture making world. Like I know not to list my stuff on Facebook for sale in the Facebook marketplace because mm. that's where people that are part timers do it and that's where the you know the the weekend woodworkers do it and whatnot and I can't compete with their prices. I just can't. Like you know right. so I don't so I don't list there. And that's that's like the the corner bar, you know, in that analogy. Yeah. I can't yeah, I compete just, with those either and I do just work on the weekends. Yeah. I well, think was, people have an expectation of on Facebook marketplace of like finding rock bottom pricing and like super yeah. cheap and I don't know what. Yeah. That was my question for you, Phil, is, you know, about why you still do it. I mean, you uh, are so busy mm. <laughs> with, with you know, three small children and all this traveling and stuff. And, I mean, you don't need the money that you're making in that garage. Like, you, you're going you're gonna to live without it, right? I, I feel like it's probably more just about, like, like feeding the disease of getting more tools and stuff. It's like, like the self-reciprocation. So why do you still do it? Um, I, I still do make enough money that it is worth it because I do kick back a lot into the family pot from from what I'm making on Etsy. Don't forget these these boxes are pretty expensive, so they do they do kick back. But you're right. If I had to just close it up one day, none of the kids are going hungry. You know, yeah, what I mean? that's so, a, that's a slight budget adjustment. That's right. nothing more. Um, but by the same token, I love it. I love doing it. I need it. I need to decompress. If I if I don't make something for a while, I, I don't know. I, I feel off. I feel off my game. I don't feel. I don't know. It's a grounding. Now we talked about it before. Sort of the philosophy of manufacturing, returning to North America, returning to our own personal spaces, and for me, that's an ownership of something lost. I don't know. I'm a white collar guy, but I still I I like to get my hands in there. And you know, I, I I come from a blue collar family, so it's part of my DNA, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I want to make something. I want to do something with my hands. I like having calluses. I, 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 I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd have to say maybe the most universal answer, whether it's reclaimed or just making in general, is probably just the expression of creativity. Is that your answer? Because I had I had a question for you too that that could be your answer for. But then for Bill, I like to manifest things. You know what I mean? Like I like I like to see something that was in my head, physically in the world, done nicely. That you know, like I could be I look at that and I can be proud of it. Or it's a solution to a problem that we had in the house, and I threw, you know, my physicality at it and was able to produce something. 
Mm. Oh, absolutely. I, I hear you on that. Um, Bill, you've been making stuff forever. Like, aren't you aren't you bored with it yet? Don't you want to go do something else? Like, oh, put, put your energy into making, you know, playing guitar instead, or you know, forming a band and competing with with the bands at the bar. Yeah, I'll <laughs> be for wedding drinks. Singer. Yeah. I'll actually buy you drinks if you let me pay. To let me play, play for you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. There's no boredom. Like I said, there's no. It's there's endless possibilities um, of what you can do with scrap. You know, it's, to me, I think for me, it's really. I mean, it's, I love to make stuff, and, and, and I love using my hands. But behind me, you can see I have some um, Unistrut, the, the electrical, like, angle iron with holes in it. I don't know what it's called. Super strut, they call it, right? And I had a piece of that. And when I was thinking about how to build these retail shelves, um, going over it with Casey about And that's what I, you know, I've got this piece of Unistrut that I found in the dumpster. What if I bought a couple more of those? And built that structure out of that. So welding that unistrut or super strut together to make these brackets for the shelving I'm going to put up. And I got a comment. It's like, you know, I, somebody said, oh, that's really cool. I never would have thought of using super strut as angle iron to weld together to make these brackets. It's it's stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just that, that expression of creativity, being able to seriously, how you guys... Anybody that reclaims, especially, but anybody that makes anything, when whether it's just you're inspired, you're driving down the road, you get, you see a piece of something that you can make something out of, or you're sitting in your house, you know, Spagnolo sitting there is like, well, I've been building stuff now on YouTube for a hundred years. What can I come up with? And he comes up with another beautiful woodworking project that he can turn into a, a series and, and teach people with. So it's, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, I love it. It's, it's a passion. It's a He's the opposite of us, if you think about it, right? Like, he'll pick one project and do 10 videos on it, like 10 parts, go right. super deep. Mm. We're the opposite. We, like, we're fast and dirty, and we'll take a big project, and our videos will be uh, 8 to 11 minutes on it. You know what right. I mean? Like, we're, then we're off to the next thing that we want to learn, whereas he wants to go deeper and deeper and deeper into a into a, more of a niche, let's say. So he'll get into something like marketry and then spend... A year and a half doing that, right? But but, but my point is is that he's a maker, mm -hmm. and you know, every maker out there, whether you're sewing something, you're singing something, you're you're writing a song or a poem, or you're building something out of garbage, or building a bandsaw mill like it's so Cremona still he's an anomaly. Matt Cremona's an anomaly. I'm just saying he was 12 when I first watched his videos. Now he's like 50 with like eight kids, and he's built a castle out of. You know, trees or something, but um, <laughs> that's that sounds accurate. He also just bought a Bridgeport. Oh, I know, he? right? Yeah, I just I saw that too. But yeah, I mean, why why do why does anybody keep doing this, right? Whether reclaimers like us or people that like to use reclaimed materials, um, Ryan Ridgely. You know, this guy is not he's not living it uh, large on Easy Street. He's busting his butt trying to get this re reclaimed business of his going, and mm -hmm. he shares that. Why is he still doing that? There's got to be something behind this makerdom, this ability to use your hands. You know, Izzy Swan takes a couple of logs and builds a series of furniture that sells nationwide. Seriously, the guy puts twigs together and makes these weird pieces of furniture that companies buy and sells nationwide. Why, you know, and he's been doing it for, I forgot how many years, 30 plus years. You know, why would you keep doing it all these years if it's not, it's a passion? Yeah, there's just so much more to do. Like you know, because like every time you every every time you make something, finish opening your soda first. 
Thank you. <laughs> Every time you make something, it does, it's, not, it's not like you cross something off your list, or maybe maybe. You know it is, but for me, every time I make something, I don't, I don't cross something off a list. It, like it adds two things to the list, you know, because mm. you get these ideas yeah. along the way. And I yes. had to start throwing away the lists. Like I had so many lists of things I wanted to yeah. do, it, it was making me like get anxious. <laughs> I started erasing, I, chucking them. You know, I remember Jimmy in his old shop. He had, um, I think it was the bathroom door, uh, but the outside of the bathroom door and that dungeon of a shop he used to have, right? And he used to put sticky notes, yeah, with yeah. all these. And he would say, you know, God, I go up there and I'm like, okay, here's something I can do. And he'll take one off. But then he's also putting three more up there of new ideas that he's got. And he's got his notebooks that he's constantly pulling out from like 10 years ago where he still keeps all this stuff or all these ideas. So there's there's a never ending supply of ideas and things that you can make with your hands. You know, Mm. never. I can't I I, kind of want to get into leather work. I I mean, I I had a feeling when you started talking about holsters. (laughs) that that too i I never thought about that um but i mean just some furniture that has to you know the the way you can the tools that i've done a little bit and it's neat to have the little hole punches and and the sewing aspect of it and the the cutting it perfectly with the neat little knife that does the ends right and you know just making a belt you can just be really cool so i saw a redsmith video that had like he unrolled this whole sheath of Leather working tools. I was like, I didn't even know what I want to say three quarters of them were until I saw them yeah, using yeah. them. They're like a thousand different sizes of some little razor shaver that I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see him do uh, that prop thing of like the, I think it was called Baromir's Vanguards or whatever? It was like the. No, I didn't see that one, but I saw he made like that chest really set good. that rolled up and that was on leather. Uh, I think okay. I saw some of that, some of that stuff there. Because I don't, I, I'm, because I'm just not interested in leather, so I generally don't watch the leather making videos. But every time I have seen them, I'm like, what's that thing? There's like a wheel with spikes on it, and there's like all these things. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, that looks cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not into doing anything with leather, but I respect the craft. Yeah, I do. I mean, I do. I respect any craft. I just I don't like, feel the ways you do. I respect yeah. the craft. <laughs> Yeah, not we're not telling Gerald. We're not telling Gerald that he has no value on the planet doing what he's doing. We respect his craft, Tim. <laughs> You're really good at that. That was really good putting <laughs> putting words in someone else's mouth. It's very yeah. large spoon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a spoon fistful. It's a big fistful of words so coming at me. Should we try and figure out how can we how can we say what we've been talking about for the last little while? which was uh, a great conversation, by the way. How hmm. can we relate that to the topic name of Under the Covers? We just, uh, just say, say everything we just said and then say, in bed. <laughs> I like it. That was that a was scary well answer. Done. I was going to say well that done. sometimes I lay awake at night just thinking of things I want to make. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And, like, and then, or counting down the minutes until I, you know, it's daytime and I get to do bed, what I want to yeah. do. That was a, the big change in my life. Uh, I used to write songs, you know, going to sleep by thinking about songs and music and notes. And then there was the day when I didn't do that anymore. And I was thinking about what I was doing in my garage. And that was when I realized that it was time for a change. Like I had shifted to somewhere right. else, you know. I still do it. I still just lay, lay in bed thinking. That's so, how I go to sleep. So then that's, we found the connection to the, to the title, by the way. It's the thing you, you last think about at night is the thing that you are passionate about and ought to be doing. And that's where you are. You're under your covers. 
Yeah, you, you know, not not being afraid to get out of bed. If, if anybody out there, and I'll take Tim's stance on this a little bit about, you know, always chasing your dreams, go ahead, quit your job. If you hate what you do, quit your job. I mean, seriously, because it's going to... If you hate what you do, no matter how much money you're making, your your family's going to be miserable, you're miserable. I'm not saying if it's like, you know, I don't like my job. I'm saying, but if that thing about making is that thing that you don't mind getting up early out of bed to do, right? Even if it's on your day off, it's like you get up early on a Saturday because you're working on a project, right? You climb out of bed in a great mood as opposed to just like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. Life sucks. I hate my job. Yeah. What a great way to end the podcast. Okay, terrific. I mean, it's, <clears throat> you got to have a plan. Don't just quit. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, just, we're not saying that. But. Throw caution to the wind. Just do it. So, do we, I, um, Tim? Do you want to read out the or Bill? You want to read out the uh, the iTunes review review? I I have it open already. I remembered, so I'll do terrific. it. I did not, have, so I'm glad you did. I I we have one new one for 2019. This is our. This is the only review we have on iTunes all year. All year. Ridiculous. Hmm. It is from... People, these listeners are slacking. It is from Mike the Alphabet, but it actually says Mike, A, B, all the way to Z. And uh, it's five stars. Hunt City. Mike yeah. the Alphabet, yeah. It's actually N-I-N-E, N-I-N-E, N-I-N-E. Okay. It's um, it just just a very nice review. Looking forward to all the great conversations in 2019. Well, we just crossed one off. There you go. Yeah, 51 to go. Oh God. This uh, Let's say it like that. Oh yeah, this is we've already one, done yeah. one this year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, whew, that's way less. Yeah. Okay, I can handle that. <laughs> Were there any any in the European market, Phil? None. Nine. And that is not. Not That's one less than ten. That's just any, no for no. any IN, right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, I just realized that I am now as old as there are weeks in a year. Great. And Math. the states plus the two protectorates. Oh, that's so, right. That was, that was the pre-show we mentioned in the pre-show that Bill just celebrated old, his, yeah. his um. How many weeks are there? One hundred and six. Fifty-two. Fifty-two. <laughs> well, but in metric, two of them. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, uh, um, you know, my best friend, uh, Jimmy Duresta, his birthday is in uh, about six more weeks. So, everybody, March, March so, 3rd. So, where were you going with that? I love the, I lo- like, my best friend, Jimmy, his birthday is in six weeks. So, I'm going to stop talking at that point. Yeah. No. Because no. there, there's no relation between the two. No, there is. He's going to turn 52 in, in on his birthday. We're the same age. We are basically ah, the that's same what you were maker. Saying. Okay. We right. are the same. Jimmy and I are like twins. If we stood side by side, this is why you don't ever see us together in the same room because people would get confused. Because you're you Clark know, Kent and he's Superman. I forgot to mention at the top. Of the sh- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, who's Clark Kent? Bill. Yeah, Bill. Yeah. Okay. I forgot to mention at the top of the show that the woodworking show uh, was this weekend. I went to that and got to see a bunch of guys, including Jimmy. And I, and I walked up oh. and I was like, oh, Bill, I didn't know you were coming. And I was like, oh. See? Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you. No, this... no, you're Jimmy today. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we need at least 3,000 miles. Right. I, I like my job, so I don't want to take away from Jimmy's success. You know, it, it ain't all I'm the years I'm not sure of hard you could work. take away from Jimmy's success. No, seriously. It's not all the years of hard work that he's been doing that has garnered the amazing success that he well deserves. It's the fact that I'm 3,000 miles away on this coast. No, right. I, so, but I'm if you were closer, sure. right. 
I think Bill no? could could You're actually welcome, take away. I think he could take from Jimmy's success by just like being in the same room, you know, as Jimmy would probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. You show up and all the offers dry up. Yeah. So weird. Uh, well, how'd that happen? It's just weird. Yeah. It's my own. It's my own kind of success. Is the soul-sucking success stealing of others? That's all right. Thing. On the soul-sucking what, um, note. <laughs> yeah. What grab? What would you say grabbed your attention this week, Bill? Oh man, you know what? I am not prepared to to list any videos or things in general, but I will tell a little tiny story. So last night I posted pictures. We were in the new salon installing that thing, and we had brought Danny with us. Now Casey's salon is literally on the same block, just around the corner from a movie theater. All night long, people are walking by, pointing at Danny, and she's wagging her tail. You know, as we're at night, the lights are on and everything. And finally, one. One mom and her kids stopped and they knocked on the door and they said, can we see? And apparently they just saw um, Find Your Way Home. Yeah. Which is a movie about a dog that looks just like my dog. And so that happened like three or four times. People were knocking on the window and they say, oh, yeah, she looks just like this dog named Bella in the movie. And I'm like, oh, OK. So they closed the door. I looked at Casey. I said, the next person that knocks on the door when I open it, I'm going to say, hi, this is my dog, Bella. Because apparently this dog <laughs> looks just like my dog. So sure enough, a couple came in, knocked on the door, and this lady's like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. I'm like, yeah, her name's Bella. She's like, no way! And I'm like, yeah. She's like, why? She's like, we just watched the movie. Is that the, is it? And I'm like, no, everybody's been stopped. She actually hit me. This woman actually like. <laughs> I get it. So that, that was really fun. So apparently Casey and I are going to have to go see this movie, Find Your Way Home. With, it's an amazing story about a dog that takes two years to find her way back home or something like that. So that's that's what caught my attention this week. How to screw with people I don't know outside of my wife's new business. That would be good for business, yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. Also a very specific <laughs> lesson to learn. What about you, Tim? Um, I was gonna. I wanted to mention two things. Like I just said a minute ago, I was at the woodworking show. Uh, I brought vans. I got to see a bunch of people. And among them was Mr. Paul Mayette. Um who is a Patreon supporter of ours, and he also is the guy that won the giant Jackman Square, so I was able to give him that finally. And I want to talk- also he's also one of my favorite people, period. I love you, Paul. Just don't ruin his success too, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Stay away from him. So so Paul uh, Paul started a new Instagram channel called Mayette Diecast four oh one. I think that's his area code four oh one. Um and uh, it's he takes uh, matchbox cars and like like hacks them up and makes like uh, like post-apocalyptic cars. He uses like little bits and pieces of like f- like plastic forks and and just like whatever like little things like these little, little bits of garbage like things that even us reclaimer guys would like toss. And he makes these like really cool matchbox cars, just a little super glue, some paint, and he's talking cool. about some techniques. Vance has been doing that kind of stuff for a while, and Vance and Paul are like buds, you know and. And uh, so Vance was like all inspired by that and he was showing me all these pictures and I had seen a couple of them But then he started showing I was like, oh my god, they're like really really cool Like anybody that's in the cars and Hot Wheels and stuff, you know, they're they're really cool So I wanted to mention that and the other thing I wanted to mention really quick is that we've talked about our friend Patty um, Gilstrand? Yep, uh, Patty Brooklyn on Instagram. Yep. I had this this uh, I'll be sharing more about it later But I had this crazy idea it's just like one of those like you know kind of like falling asleep kind of ideas and i don't have the skills to, to, to do it and but patty who you know knows how to run an industrial sewing machine would and so i just sent her I, I this is what i love about the community 
like, I just sent her a quick message. I'm like, hey, I had this idea about doing this thing. Do you think it's possible and would you be able to do it? She's like, let me think about it. I think we could probably do something. And then the very next day, she sent me a video of, like, she had made a miniature version of it. Like, like, just sort of together, like, a doll-sized version of the thing, like, to show, like, a proof of concept. And it was, like, just amazing, like, better than I... I was just, like, super exciting. I can't wait to... <laughs> we love Patty, and so so yeah. I just thought that was really cool that she took the time to do that, and uh, and I can't wait to to show everybody what Patty's making for me. Cool. What what was Paul's Instagram thing again? Oh, it's uh, Myette Diecast. Uh, it's M E Y E T T E D I E C A S T Diecast four hundred one. It's all one word, you know, like Instagram style. Cool. I gotta check it out. I think if you just mm-hmm. if you just if you just search Paul Mayette as well, you'll find his channel, and he'll he put a post up there with the link to it and stuff. Okay. How about mm-hmm. you, Phil? Nope. What what's nope. what has made your eyes go ah like that? I started um, just by happenstance watching this YouTube channel. It's a really small one. It's got like three thousand subscribers. It's called History Teacher, and it's basically all of these big moments in history. And it takes seven minutes to explain them. So, like, Watergate in seven minutes. Uh, oh, I love you know. it already. Yeah, <laughs> Fall like, of the Roman Empire in six span. minutes. <laughs> yeah. World War One in five minutes. You I know love what I mean? history, so like, and I have a seven-minute attention span. This channel was built for me. <laughs> it works. You know, like, if you ever sort of feel like conversations have happened about big moments in history and you just were, like, totally, you know, lost in those conversations... Like, this is a great way to basically catch up the last 2,000 years of history in probably a few hours. So. Oh, man, that's awesome. I'm going to, I want to subscribe to that right now. Yeah, it's good. What's it called? History? It's called History Teacher. History Teacher. Okay. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) Subscribed. Yeah, perfect. Um, So that's what grabbed my attention. Our channels. Yeah, one no, quick shout. One one quick shout. Um, so my daughter got her permit, and she is now driving on the streets. And I got a couple of pictures seeing that. And Aspen, if you're listening, I'm so proud of you. Good cool. job. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. On Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, I'm Phil Pinsky. Check out IronAndSoul.com, uh, WilliamLutz.com, TimSway.net and newperspectivesmusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff we love hearing from you. Uh, Info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at reclaimedaudio. On iTunes, I mean, we mentioned it before, but clearly there is a huge lack of 2019 uh, iTunes reviews. Hello, hello. So let's race over to reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Hit that link to leave a review. It'll open up iTunes, and you can go ahead and leave a five-star review, you know, whenever you want or right now. Um, Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio, the best way to keep these three guys on the air for another year, one week at a time. I, I would say that's quite accurate. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. That's, that's one year for Bill now, though, right? Because how does that work? I honestly don't know how it works. Yeah. It's math, Phil. It's math. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. So, uh, that being said, I want to wish everybody a fantastic week. All the best. And, uh, and we'll, we'll speak to you next week. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, bye, everybody. Be good. Or don't. Yeah, that too. <laughs>